0: Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Old School Reasons. Wanna move the town?
1: to the class that they rock out.
0: That was a uh, first class record I got.
1: Yeah. I think Loved that was it. the that was the first one that I heard too. Although I heard late, I heard like London Calling era songs like in the house growing up. But yeah, I mean I was they like, were big. When I was like eighth grade, I want to get into punk. Yes, that was the record, and that's the U.S. version of yeah. that album.
0: Yeah, U.S. version. That's the one I had first. It's the same thing of literally me saying to my one uncle, I want to get into punk, and then him buying me a handful of CDs, one of which was this, and also the Clash on Broadway collection. Yeah. Which is too. awesome. Um, but... I got
1: that. I think I got that the uh, Joe died right around Christmas. Yeah. And I got that for Christmas that year. It was like, it was a wild week. And there's actually something that I'll relate to with an Alkaline Trio story mm-hmm. at a later date. But um west way to the world was on oh, yeah. vh1 nonstop for the like week after he totally he passed and so it was like here's clash on broadway too mm-hmm. and yeah uh, a lot of fun is for that band a lot of fun is for the for the depth of that music and totally. for that first record just being so easy to attach yourself to totally of those 77 bands it's, i don't think that there's anyone that doesn't like it the Clash just don't
0: age totally they're not a band i go back to a ton but when i get uh the urge to throw on one of those records it feels good still yeah and it's i think it has aged really well and one of my big arguments about how like London Calling is a more progressive record than like The Wall, which came out two weeks prior. Uh huh. It, it's a much more adventurous and a much more like to me compelling listen yeah. than like a boring ass soft rock record. But why are we me, David Anthony, and you, Tim Crisp, hosts of As You Are a podcast about Alkaline Trio, talking about the clash.
1: Well, let's before we get there, I'm the host. You're you're Andy Richter. Um I'm the Mick Jones of this operation i mean to set a scene you know how they wrote that record right they're sitting at, at london calling is is mick and joe sitting at a kitchen table mick playing guitar and joe sitting at a typewriter and joe stopping him every once in a while and just be like keep playing that yeah that's how that record comes out it's a good story. It's so it's so fucking, fucking cool. They just smoked so much pot and <laughs> sat in a kitchen. and Anyway, yes, we are here. This is our podcast about Alkaline Trio. And the reason we're talking about The Clash uh, up front is because, I mean, listen to the intro of this song by The Alkaline Trio that we're talking about. Which
0: is a very direct rip, so much so that in the liner notes to Remains, I think it's Derek or maybe Dan who admits the fact that it's... Uh, you know, it's got a little bit of clash city rockers right up top which i've always loved always been so down and before we started
1: we i asked david do you ever see that alkaline trio shirt that's just the cover of yeah. the first clash record <laughs> it says alkaline trio and
0: my response was yes i owned it and i mail ordered it with a copy of maybe i'll catch fire from asian man so
1: and hey asian man records they are are, we're very proud to have them as a sponsor of this show, so if you want to go on over to asian dot dot com or you can go records dot com slash and then click on the store uh you can get whatever you'd like from our friend Mike Park and at the checkout you can put in the code as you were I almost said better yet as you were nope, never. And you will get 10% off. So you can get 10% off of uh, your favorite Alkaline Trio records. What else have we got over there, David?
0: I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. If we're talking t-shirts, they've got a bunch of cool stuff in there. They've got that cool uh, Maskiba Omen shirt that's tight. They've got a lot of cool Bomb the Music Industry shirts in stock right now. So yeah. like you should really hop on that. Um, but I'm going to plug this because uh, I plugged it in one of the episodes. I think the Patreon... Uh, The Warm Thoughts record, I Went Swimming Alone, I think is really great. And Elliot's on tour. He just got, his car just got broken into, um, had some gear stolen. So go there, pick up that record, give it a listen, throw some money his way. You're helping Mike, you're helping Elliot, you're helping us. It's a win, win, win. Win, win, win.
1: Old School Reasons. The song by the Alkaline Trio that appeared on the Thick Records compilation oil chicago punk refined now thick records kind of an interesting label if you look at their discography because they are connected to bands from chicago like the blue meanies Mm -hmm. and uh the methadones and the tossers uh kind of the like like late 90s into early 2000s like chicago punk staples but they also got like connections to omaha Commander yes. Venus, which was a band that Connor Oberst and Tim Kasher were in. Mm-hmm. And they put out a compilation called Oil uh, that featured this song, at the number three slot.
0: Yes. Uh, did you have this comp when when you were younger? I did not. Okay. So I did. And uh, mostly because like I loved Alkaline Trio. I was becoming super completist with them. And I remember this coming out and had to have it. And also because I was like very interested in some of the other Chicago punk stuff. Like there was a Lawrence Harm song on here and, you know, it was it was just exciting to me to get something that was like quasi local, right? Mm. And like hopefully find more bands I wanted to see. And I remember hearing Old School Reasons and it was just so much fun to me. Like everything about this song, there's not another song in the Alkaline Trio discography where I'm like, oh, it sounds like this. And I think part of that is because it's like, it's got that little Clash City Rockers reference up top, and I love when people make references that are purely musical. Yeah, you know, as opposed to lyrical. Not that I don't like that; I do think it's cool. But it's very fun when you know they kind of open it and then just kind of throw it away and go to the three chord. You know, well when you almost brought, when you brought that up in
1: in in pre pro, I was like, I was like. Well, they do they make reference in the lyrics, or is it just the fact that that is like clearly an aped, uh, yeah, intro
0: riff that we got going on, which here. I think is fun as shit. It's so <laughs> awesome, um, and I love this song because, and I've probably touched on it before on this podcast, but just like I love when they trade off vocals and sing together, and like that's something I've always really appreciated because at the time specifically. I was feeling so much like a Matt guy, where I was like drawn to Matt Scebo and his songs and his lyrics more than Dan's. And this was kind of a bridge for me to get into both of them a little more. Interesting. Because the way Dan sang that chorus and just hearing like he could, you know, his songs always felt, mm-hmm, this is speaking in generalities, but a little slower, Uh uh-huh. you know, a little more delicate. And I liked hearing him just like really go for it on the song and i like that you know i love the vocal phrasing i love when people do those kind of like especially in like the second verse like those really jagging constructions and you sing kind of in between them yeah i just it had a lot of what i really liked and it was just so raw and lo-fi in a way that not even early stuff was like they understood their band a little better you know, Derek's with them. He his playing on it so fun to me. Again, it's just I'm gonna say it a lot, but it was a fun song. It was a and a very it, fun song, and to me, it was the best song on that comp. Like it smoked everything. Else. I think that one
1: of the benefits of like you know having Dan contribute a vocal part on a song where Matt's Matt's in such a groove with yeah. his voice, and like he's just yelling the fuck out of this song. Dan kind of, like, almost competitively has to bring it to an extent. It's like when you listen to rappers talk about, like, you know, guesting on each other's songs. like that. They're in competition. It's like Killer Mike has a quote where he's like, yo, we're trying to murder each other. Totally. And,
0: I mean, that's the interesting thing about this song is that Matt had written the verses. He had all that stuff together. And then Dan had wrote the chorus like entirely because Matt hadn't gotten the chorus part down. So that's what I like about it is because when the verse goes into that chorus, it does feel like a different song. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so fun is it's really like these two to three competing vibes, like the verses and choruses just kind of like, it's just glued together, but it works somehow. And I think the bridge is fantastic. It's just one of those songs that's really tightly constructed to me. And to your point about like, having to bring it, it definitely feels like the last time they did a comp track where it's like, we are going to smoke everybody. Yeah. Like, we are going to body these motherfuckers and, like, show <laughs> them what's up. And they did.
1: I mean, there's no there's no band that does it better than them, like, through this period of time. Now, are you ready for my uh, my medium take? Yes.
0: I could live without this song. I could walk out of this room and never come back. I hope you know that. I would love that.
1: But here's the thing. And and I'm thinking about this in terms of, you know, like, I think there's there's wanting to come in, like, hot and, like, get people riled up a little bit. Like, I don't know if you saw the, the Reddit post about our podcast where someone yeah, totally. really took it to my... My Armageddon thoughts. Uh, dropped a couple hard R's in there. So, yeah, it was not uh, stoked uh, yeah, If that. you're listening to this podcast, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's the thing. This song, I heard it on Remains for the first time. Ninth track on Remains. You follow like those first three tracks. You got the Hot Wonder music split on there. Yeah. Track nine, I'm fucking tired.
0: I get that. I do get that. And
1: this song, on paper, everything about it works sure. and is done perfectly. It's just never clicked for
0: me in a way that's other than, other than it's a good song. Sure. And I think that's interesting because like, there's a lot of stuff, and I think everyone in the world can feel this way, of the thing that's like, I should love this. Like you said, on paper, this is made for me, Yeah, but something about it doesn't work, you know? And I do not feel this way. I love this song. And I also, before we get into this next tangent, I wanted to talk about, to me, this song has always felt like their version of Kiss the Bottle, where it's like the last time you hear uh-huh. Matt's voice before like everything kind of goes to shit. Whoa. Um, that is interesting. And I think, it, again, a very singular type of song. Uh-huh. Um, but I, can also, I also know people who don't like that Jawbreaker song. Yeah. Um, So I think it's, you know, context is really important for how we get into stuff. And like for me, having followed them, like getting every single, getting every compilation, I just liked it because it stood out so much. And I loved how fun it was in comparison to Infirmary. Yeah. Um, And it really doesn't set up what happens on Good Morning at all uh so i've just kind of always loved it as a curiosity it's one of my favorite songs to see them play live because it's so fun and i think everybody goes with it but i totally understand how this could not hit in the way of queen of pain or Warbrain or hell yes or standard break from life or any number of songs because th- it's sandwiched between like hit after hit after hit and and i think that part of it
1: For me and for my experience with the song of, you know, Remains, a lot of those songs come at when I'm at the very peak of my fandom, but I drop off after Crimson. Remains comes after Crimson. I don't come back to the Alkaline Trio until a few years even after Remains comes out when I kind of like
0: revisit them again. So you've got like almost a decade's worth of distance between this song's release and you hearing it.
1: Right. And I think that like... The only t- the only two songs that really are in a blind spot for me on this release because I had like the uh, One Man Army split as well. It's old school reasons and Warbrain, mm-hmm. and Warbrain is a fucking banger, and uh, I've yeah. never not loved that song. So I just feel like it's just a matter of like where it's placed. Where I'm I just see like that. I- listening to remains like when. I'm getting into it for the first time like this song has always been just where I'm like catching my breath a little bit. Sure, sure. And even more so when I realize the fact that like oh, the song that comes right after this I fucking loved <sighs> from the start.
0: It's yeah, I will say I do think it being on remains in a 9 slot it's it's got a weird difficult position because following rooftops which is super fun super short as we discussed great cover uh-huh warbrain one of the best like i can't i can't say a bad word about it Love this song, it's right up there for me, but I totally get how one it sounds very different, it's much more lo fi. They recorded it in an old oil refinery on the south side. Where- I love how it sounds, though, like that yeah.
1: tone is it's sick, it just doesn't make sense. Like within where Matt's guitar tone has been very firmly established, like it, yeah, in totally. all
0: areas surrounding it. Yeah, I don't know, I mean, I can see why. Especially because it, it's, like, slightly more lo-fi than the other songs we're talking about. And I could see someone hearing it and just kind of, like, turning off at that point a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's ridiculous. I think it's fucking great and undeniable. But, you know, that is my take.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm just... It's like... I've tried to watch the movie. This is gonna, This reference is going to make me sound like an asshole. I've tried to watch the movie Sunset Boulevard four times Uh uh-huh that is that's fucking william holden that's billy wilder one of my favorite directors of all time and it's and it's a weird noir at kind of the end of like film film noir's heights it's dark on paper i should love that movie as much as i love my favorite movies that have ever been made i never finish it Sure. I just I there's sure. just like a lock that my brain has on it where it's kind of like if it doesn't happen for you right away it's not it might happen. not happen for
0: you. One of my favorite stories that's similar to that is my mom has never made it past the introductory scene of Reservoir Dogs. Uh-huh. In that every time she has tried I shit you not she's fallen asleep. <laughs> I don't, like, she's like, I don't know what it is. Like, I love Pulp Fiction. I love all this shit. She has not made it past 10 minutes into that film. So she's just like, oh, is that the movie where they just talk about tipping? Basically. (laughs) Basically, that's all she knows. I remember when I was, like, you know, 12, 13, we tried watching it once. And we started, and I was, like, really into it. And I turned around, and she's just knocked out on the couch. And I was just like, some people you just can't get over the hump. I have, like, very similar things with, like, certain things that, like, oh you would love this and it's just i don't you know it's okay a lot of it's musical i sonic youth we talk about this
1: all the time there is no reason why sonic youth should not be one of my favorite bands they do everything that i love and they do it probably to a to a degree that's even greater i i don't know after 20 minutes of every sonic youth record except the washing machine i'm out
0: no i'm the same way i tried like six months ago i was like i'm gonna throw this stuff on not it doesn't do it for me um i've largely felt the same way about joy division historically yeah um i could see that where like they have songs i really like it doesn't hit me i've famously said that about radiohead where like i don't hate them but i try once a year some of these records and uh-huh. it's just like aside from I'm in rainbows the same
1: way with radiohead too yeah or like you know when we were talking about we were talking about beck yeah, back so the 1998 the same way. episode. It's like this guy, this guy comes from something I love, mm-hmm. K Records he's working with Calvin at the beginning and then he goes into this Americana like weirdo territory. He's doing it sort of parallel to a lot of my favorite people who were doing the thing at that time. Yeah. None of those records have made an ounce of difference to my life. I've listened yeah, to same. them all and said
0: Nice, nice record you got. There. I've seen him live. He's incredible live, but I none of it stuck to me. One that's more tied to our world and I think is a great corollary because uh, this band released a split with J Church, or, uh, well, it's J Church, released a <laughs> split with Beck and was also Jawbreaker adjacent. Uh, J Church never did anything for me. Yeah,
1: I have a couple J Church records, and they're a band that I buy... When I see those LPs for like eight bucks, it's like yeah, I should I should get this. I put it on in the morning when I read for the week
0: that I after yeah. I've
1: per- purchased it. Never, never go back to. I it, had like, a friend who's choice. like
0: massive J Church fan, like deep into them, and has made me mixes. He made me like a thirty song mix of just like here's like basically a career spanning thing. I think you would really like it. And I'd get like six songs in, and I'm just like, mm, okay, man,
1: now turn it around yeah what has been the most frustrating part the most frustrating time that you can remember of being on the other side of that trying to get someone into something that you're like you're going to love this there you have every single reason you can for loving this and it just never happens for them
0: I'm gonna answer with two. One because I've talked about it a few times. Jawbreakers, one that I feel like if you didn't come to them at a certain time in your life, you know, me trying to show them to the people who are in their mid to late twenties, I don't think really get the appeal. And trying to explain like you need to listen to the full records, you need to kind of, you know, you're kind of selling people. It's like it's only four ish records, uh-huh. but you have to sell them on a progression. You have to sell them on a timeline. You have to sell them on a narrative. And and it's kind of unless you're already invested it's hard to make people care but the biggest one for me is Joan of Arc yeah because I love Joan of Arc I have for a long time now and the thing I always tell people with Joan of Arc and specifically like Tim's stuff like even the Owls records sometimes are hard to sell which I think are awesome is that like I would say there's 10 Joan of Arc records I love Mm -hmm. I would call borderline perfect some of them totally perfect but they've made like 25. So, you know, it's like, I think a lot of people hear the wrong one first or don't have the context surrounding it and it can be really difficult. But I think they're a band that because the perception of them, especially like through Pitchfork, savaging them in reviews for really just kind of being out ahead of stuff, like I think they're one band that has been very difficult for me to like say and not have people just immediately kind of be like, psh, no. Yeah. You know, so that... Uh Tim Kinsella stuff is kind of all in that bucket, but I it's it's music that I find so rewarding. I lived with uh uh
1: someone who uh Scott who does our our web stuff, um he he's become uh one of my one of my dearest friends and we lived together uh right out of college and it was like we didn't really know each other too well beforehand, but then we became like very, very tight. We mm-hmm. are, you know, very tight to this day. And during that year that we were living together, like my, we were both into Otis writing to a very, very strong degree. Sam Cooke as well. Sure. Um, But it was like, it was like Otis was doing something. Otis and Sam Cooke were doing something for us that was just like, I guess just we were so in awe of what he was communicating and how how this these songs were being communicated in a way that's just sure. like this is doing it for us the same way like uh you know Trio did it when we were 16 but it's like so completely different and totally. I made him a mix like at the end of our living together Grand Parsons yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiskey Town all this stuff where I'm just like look this is this is the same conversation that we've been having about Sam Cook and Otis Redding, but it's it's Country Guy's doing it. Mm. He fucking couldn't stand it. He's like, I'll never be into that shit. All he fucking listens to now is that stuff. But he it's got funny, to it in yeah. like this
0: backwards ass way. Where well, I think that's interesting because Ryan Adams Whiskey Town stuff. I don't dislike it, but it's never hit me in the way it's hit a lot of people. Yeah, you know. But, but I, you had to be there. I think. I think that's the thing, and part of it is like the idea of perception, right? I think, the, I think the hardest things to break through when you're, like, trying to pitch someone on something is something with a legacy mm-hmm. of any scale, small or large, but, like, something where people have heard the name a bunch and have associated it with something before they've heard it. So, like, I would say, historically, I've tried to do it a lot because I love Tom Petty. I love Bruce Springsteen. But people have these very, like, oh, they're corny rock dudes. Right. But those records are great. You know, and I think that that tracks down to a jawbreaker. That tracks down to a Pearl Jam is another one for me, who I love, and I've tried a lot. And I think it's just because people think of Creed. Yeah,
1: they just think that they just think that he's a lameo. They they, I mean, this is this is dark as fuck. But like Pearl Jam is the band that everybody is mad is still around when Nirvana's not around anymore. Totally. And, but you mentioned Tom Petty, and I've found. You know, you and I were talking about a year ago and you said something to the effect of I said, I don't really care for Tom Petty. I don't. Yeah. It's just never done anything for me. And you were like, listen to Wildflowers. It's a record he made in 94 and it's one of his best. And for me, the idea that Tom Petty is making one of his best records in 1994 is very captivating. Right. It's almost like you have to frame it in a way that's not just like it's not you explaining to somebody in this like weird jumbled like abstract like you would love this band because of all of these things and they're just like all right i'm already checked out it's like whoa so you're telling me that tom petty's like one of his best records comes out 18
0: years after his first record totally that seems like it's worth when like grunge is huge and all that shit well it's funny because it's it's you sometimes have to pick your point right where like Uh you have to know what someone likes and you can't be like x is like y you have to find the way to sell it and one of the best things like what i can do especially with bands that are of a smaller scale is try to get people just to go see them so like my girlfriend nina um she you know loves a ton of music of all genres which is super fun she's exposed me to a bunch of cool shit but she went to a show uh where a self-defense family was headlining and she knew i was a huge fan had never really listened to them, and then like left that show after seeing them play and called me and she was like that was fucking incredible yeah because sometimes you just need to actually get people put it in front of them but how you get it in front of them without them being like without them having preconceptions with the willingness to like be exposed to something is kind of rare you know alkaline tree is one of those bands too where like sometimes i try to sell people on it because somehow it slipped past them and it's actually kind of difficult it's really difficult because it's
1: like well this is uh this is music that i've cared about since i was 14 years old yeah and uh they have a period where i really don't like them but they have a Yep, just there, the period there's I a love. period that's that's damn near flawless. Um, but y- people already have their own preconceived notions. I would like to give a quick shout out to a friend of the show, Pat Nordyke. Yes. Relating to your self-defense family story. He tried to sell me on that band for five fucking years. He made me mixes that I never listened to. And then when I thought Pat was going to do a... That Kinlan was gonna do a better yet interview. I was just like deep dive and like, oh my god, is one of my favorite bands in the world right now. I, I and and yeah. and I just you know I'm at a point with him where I'm just like, I'm just not listening to this because I know that you want me to hear it so bad and you know that I'm gonna love it and I know that I
0: probably would, but like, fuck off, man. I don't want. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let's get into one of the most direct ones that you and I have, and yeah. it's fitting because you're wearing that shirt. Uh huh. Lou Reed, dude. Yeah. I've tried for literal decades. <laughs> and Lou Reed is one of the biggest ones where, like, I don't hate it. I will I will play the part of the heel and, like, fucking dial that shit up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And th- there are big issues I have with his work. Here's Well, here's the thing about Lou Reed that I think, like,
1: I'm going to stop you before we go too far down this because, you know, I think Lou and Tim Kinsella are... I think they're similar but not the same to what we're really talking about right here, which is a song that you really should like, and there's no there's no reasons for you to not like it because Tim's a pain in the ass. Lou is gross. Yes. And there's a lot of problems with Lou Reed.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. and And I think that's a fair comparison in a lot of ways. And I think you getting turned off by
1: Lou, the same reason people are turned off by Tim, it's like all right it makes sense like i haven't gotten into joan of arc too much because it's like well he made so many fucking things and and apparently a lot of them suck so why should why why do i gotta do this homework old school reasons though you know what it is you know what old school reasons is what is it it's the clash's first album But if you hear London Calling when you're sure when it's a few years before you're like ready to understand and contextualize like where this band is coming from and then what they're taking in and putting into a double LP. Yes. London Calling is not gonna mean shit to you. Absolutely. And and you'll you will have missed out on the thing that you turn on Clash City Rockers, the first song on the US version of that subtitle record you hear that and you're just like I'm in love with this bad
0: yeah you know and I I, context is going to be everything for everyone yeah you know like there are records I can look at and be like it's a classic I can't say a bad word about it I do not like it mm-hmm. you know and that's not because I think it's bad I can recognize it's a good thing it's not for me and that's fine and that's how I feel about a lot of Reed. that's how I feel about all of Neil Young uh-huh. um we've been over this yeah uh neil young is just it's the same way i feel about sonic youth honestly i try and i'm like this is fine and then i'm just bored yeah off my ass uh i'm
1: not gonna i'm not gonna push too hard because it's it's just gonna make things worse for you you just kind of gotta hope that one day maybe it clicks but maybe it doesn't that's kind of that's kind of how things are yep um that's a really nice uh backwards way for for me to go on the record and say like i don't dislike anything about this song i just don't really care about it
0: yeah and i think that's uh everyone's got shit like that at the point we're getting at? uh tell us what you don't like but should like over at as you were pod uh that's our twitter account and let's let's keep this conversation rolling but before we go
1: what do you rank this song? What do you rate this song, not rank? Five reasons out of five, baby. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um. See, I look at it and I say, I say like, this is a four to four and a half max. If you love this song. Nope. That seems like it's over the top for me, but I'm just going to safely give this a
0: three out of five it might seem meaningless to you but it means everything to me i'm fucked without you uh go over to AsianManRecords.com, pick put some records put some shirts in your cart go to checkout type in code as you were get 10 percent off your order help out mike park help out us he's doing a cool thing and then after that where should they go tim patreon.com slash as
1: you were Help us support the show. We put out a well, <laughs> we put a bonus episode out as planned, and then we put another bonus episode out as surprise. Yeah, um, Who
0: thought?
1: well, that's kind of what happens when you have trio related news when th- breaking things are happening. Um, this is a this is a podcast that we don't feel is cursed. We do it because we like uh, spending time together and having these conversations, and it's been a lot of fun having those conversations come in from all y'all out there. It's so nice to get feedback. Subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice review. Hit us up on the socials, the email, the Patreon, all of the things. We will be back next week with another one, and we'll see you then. Thanks, Bubba.
0: It's my
1: life Over and over again It's just my fucking life It might seem meaningless to you
0: I right. love